Tonight, heroic Imperial forces succeed in halting a cowardly insurgency on the resource-rich Imperial planet of Mimban. And we've confirmed that the destruction of an Imperial prison facility on Coruscant was indeed the work of rebel terrorists. The Emperor will be live with comment about this barbarous attack at 11. Welcome back, loyal galactic citizens, to another episode of Hoth Topics. I am a brother of the Inquisition, Ian, and joining me this week, as he does every week, is a commander in the 7th Imperial Fleet, John. John, how are you doing today? Uh, in the words of our friends in the Bay Area, hella tired. Hella tired. Hella. Hella, hella tired. So, you're perfectly in the mindset for me to be asking you a bunch of questions. Uh, I mean, it's no different than any other episode of Hot Topics, That's where we put quality above sleep other words <laughs> other yeah other adjectives nouns i don't know i'm tired verbs probably too yeah no no we don't put it above verbs no verbs are number one verbs are number one well john i gotta tell you man i have been in a very imperial centric mood good. lately good there are a couple reasons behind this first off i have started reading the second thrawn novel Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn is, as we've both discussed before, and probably will uh, more today, an amazing character, and I've been very much enjoying it. I'm not done with it yet. And I also recently picked up the uh, Marvel regular issue Star Wars comic, the second collected volume. That's got a really cool Stormstrooper? Stormstrooper. Stormstrooper, yep. Oh, yeah, the Stormstroopers. It's the the new Stormtroopers they're going to be introducing in Episode Nine. Stormstroopers. Stormstroopers. The new Stormtrooper, uh, there's a new new Stormtrooper. Are you having a hard time? I'm, 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 I, can't, I can't not hear Stormtrooper now. It sounds like some sort of strudel. A new squad, thank you, <laughs> uh, called Scar Squadron, and they're super cool and specialized. There was, uh, there was a lot of Vader going on, and I was actually rereading the Vader comic before mm-hmm. I it's a good started in on that one. And uh, I've been playing a lot of Battlefront 2, and getting to play the Empire is always fun in that. So, I'm in a very Imperial-centric mood, which is a rare occurrence for me. And I thought, why not today use this opportunity to talk to you about the Empire and kind of what you love and uh, just love, I guess, about it. Because you don't really dislike much about it, as you remind me on several sure. podcasts. You are a self-proclaimed Imperial fanboy, is that correct? Y- yes. Probably. Uh, so I thought today we'd, we'd kind of talk about uh, the Empire itself, kind of how it became such a popular phenomenon in pop culture as it is, what we like about it, what we dislike about it, and maybe go over at the end of all of this some mail that we got. Oh, another thing that put me in an Imperial mood is I made a very poor purchasing decision and got an Imperial uh, Shock Trooper Black Series helmet, nice. which which looks very nice. In it's the... It's a GameStop exclusive one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for Battlefront 2, which is a game that I am slowly coming to enjoy more and more. Like, I wasn't really into it after I bought it, and now that it's kind of been out for a while and they've fixed some things and <laughs> some things. Are, are moving forward with releasing content, I'm... Uh, oh, um, like those, like the Droidicas? Yeah, the, like those, those things that aren't happening. Oh. <laughs> But uh, I gotta tell you, uh, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy the game more. And I know you play it on uh, PS4, right? Yes, but uh, I don't have a 
PlayStation Network account, so I only play against bots, and it's not nearly as fun. I, I enjoyed the single player until it was obnoxiously short, because single player is a feature now on video games. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we can get it across to people that we enjoy more single-player experiences, as well as multiplayer experiences. It's okay to have both, and it's okay to do one or the other. You just gotta have a healthy combination. At least that's my opinion. You being the Imperial-centric one of us, I kind of had a couple questions that that I'm kind of curious about. What drew you to the Empire in the first place? Like, what made you the big fan of them that you are today, and the person that will constantly spout Imperial rhetoric at me whenever I dare say anything about Rebels or Jedi. (laughs) Well, as you may expect, it all goes back to watching Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, I don't Um, believe you. When I've mentioned several times that my first experience watching Star Wars was in reverse order. I saw Empire, or I saw Jedi, Empire, then New Hope. While watching them at my friend's house, we always had a giant pile of Legos in the middle, and we tried to build the ships that we saw. And the Imperial vehicles and ships are just easier to make because they're a lot more simple designed. Right. Where, like, a Y-Wing and an X-Wing has very, like, specific kind of curves that are hard to do with mid-90s Legos. (laughs) Uh, Where a TIE Fighter is just square wings with a square center, basically. If you're making a very simple Lego version. Then AT-ATs are just giant boxes. AT-STs are boxes with slightly less legs. That's pretty much what, what drew me into is that they were easier to, to make, so they were easier to, you know, play with, like, create stories with. John, based on this story you're telling me, I don't think you're a fan of the Empire. I just think you're a fan of boxes. I'm, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of boxes. Uh, no, uh, I, I understand the Lego thing, too, because I think uh, I was really big into Legos as well as a kid, and... Uh, it was around the era, I started getting the Star Wars ones around, like, the Clone Wars era. Mm. So I got a lot of the... Clones? The sort of, the, the clone, like, yeah. the, the dropship and the, the the APC, I think I had one. And some of the, you know, the anything that had Obi-Wan Kenobi in it, mm-hmm. I picked up. I still have a lot of, like, one, one project I want to do in the future is, like, go through my giant crates, you know? Because I, st- I kept all of the instruction booklets and just, like, go through and try to put the the pieces for the kits back together and maybe get some clone stuff maybe i'll make that a, a project for like i don't know over winter and share some pictures online or something so the legos are what brought you yeah. to also the imperial stuff I'm, I'm a i've always been a sucker for a smart uniform the imperials have the best looking uniforms it's it's strange how the bad guys always seem to look the coolest I you know i think it's because of of the German army in World War II, where the, the SS had their uniforms designed by a Hugo a Boss, world, yeah, world-renowned designer. Yeah, and so their uniforms always look smarter. Like I used to also collect the twelve-inch GI Joes, mm-hmm. not actually GI Joe, entirely different company. Anytime I saw German uh, figures or uh, uniform kits on the shelves at Toys R Us, I always picked those up because they just looked cooler. Mm-hmm. Not not because I support their ideology, but right. their, their uniforms just look cooler. And that's fair. They look know. like a sci-fi army, and I think that's probably why the designers in Star Wars chose to use those military uniforms. And if I remember my Imperial uniform history correct, the uniforms they used in A New Hope were ones used or based on uniforms from a, on a different World War II or World War One movie that the Germans were wearing, like those uniforms. Hmm, that's pretty cool. And we do know, I, I, well, I know thanks to your your insight into such costuming things that 
there is a lot of implementation of not just German uniforms, but various military uniforms from different time periods mm-hmm. throughout Star Wars. It's a really unique sort of thing that I very much enjoy because they take the the old sort of like modern day military outfits and make them seem sci-fi, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. On on that subject, so the uniforms are really cool. Do you have any particular favorite Imperial characters? Veers, General Maximilian Veers in the movies. Probably, I think he's the only Imperial officer not to mess up and get killed. I think that might be true. Because it's not his fault he wasn't able to completely wipe out the rebels on Hoth. That was... Oh, who was it? He's Admiral Ozzel? Ozzel. Yeah, yeah. Ozzel yeah. who jumped out of hyperspace too close to the asteroid field. You know, kind of gave away their position. So Veers had to go down there and wipe it up with boxes on legs. Also because he has a cool uniform. Uh, which is very World War One trench... German trench warfare inspired. I've always liked the idea of the Imperial Army, like not the stormtroopers who are supposed to be like the elite or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like I like to think of them as like the the stormtroopers as like the U.S. Marines are specialized. Like they're the they're the fighting force on board the na- navy ships right. sort of thing. Imperial Army hasn't really gotten any love not until, until Solo. Until Solo, where we finally got to see them running around, which. Well, I was so happy. I just wish that was longer. But I understand <laughs> we had a lot of story to move through pretty quickly. I I think my favorite part of that entire sequence is when they had the Imperial Commissar screaming, <laughs> your, empire, your Empire needs you! Yeah. And then immediately gets blown up by mortar fire. <laughs> well, to, to go back to Warhammer 40k, I always loved the, the Imperial Guard units, which were in, in Warhammer... There are the Space Marines, which are these giant, eight-foot-tall, genetically engineered super soldiers in giant, chunky armor, uh, which you could kind of relate to Stormtroopers. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then you have the Imperial Guard, who have the simplest armor possible and, like, the weakest laser rifles that you could possibly get. <laughs> the Space Marines are specialized in small elite units. The Imperial Guard is... Let's send a billion soldiers at this at this defensive fortress. If we lose a billion soldiers, that is a perfectly fine amount. In the war, in the 40k universe, you know, the entire galaxy is populated by hundreds of billions of humans. So a billion Imperial troops is, you know, it's it's like nothing. To right. Them. Also, they have commissars that did the same thing like in Solo. And I love the commissars. It, it, I, I've realized that what I think I like about the Imperial Guard or the... Uh, imperial army and, and star wars is is i i've always had a, a love for the history of world war ii mm-hmm. kind of over exaggerating it like again like i like the nazis uniforms the weapons their technology I don't care for their ideals i same I, thing with the i Soviets. can confirm that john is neither a nazi nor a communist true <laughs> but i also like the the russians their style their how they had like propaganda officers in the lions to encourage uh, loyalty and stuff so i always thought that those that those sort of things were kind of like an interesting thing right so besides oh, we're talking about officers that's it, right we'll yeah jump back besides um, general veers uh, uh well and then of course thrawn who is the best he's blue he's an alien doesn't let that bother him <laughs> doesn't doesn't let doesn't let other people being bothered by him being a blue alien See, the the interesting thing about Thrawn, for me, is that I feel like, especially after reading the, the new canon Thrawn mm-hmm. novel, 
and seeing how he's behaved in in Rebels is that if the ideology of Thrawn was permeated kind of throughout the the Empire itself, I think it would be like we would have a, a much harder time calling them just the straight up bad guys. Mm-hmm. Because he he has this philosophy of like we're on opposite sides. I'm going to respect you in the way that I conduct business, and I'm going to offer you chances to surrender and end things peacefully, but if you don't, I'm going to crush you. And I think that that's kind of when we're when we're looking at, at war and, you know, kind of the, the devastation that comes with that, that sort of attitude of that I have to do this, but I'm still going to put honor in it. Yeah. Is, is definitely a desirable characteristic in, in the hellish landscape of war. Yeah. Thrawn, for me, I, I consider him the best Imperial, mm-hmm. you know? Now, I, I'm, I, I'm, I haven't read Heir to the Empire in a really long time. I don't really remember the differences between mm-hmm. the characters. I, if, I rem, if I'm remembering correctly, he was a little bit more ruthless yeah. in Heir to the Empire. But canon iteration of Thrawn... Favorite Imperial. <laughs> yeah. Unlike unlike the other Imperial officer we see who are kind of like brainwashed into the ideology of the Imperium. Or I know it's not called the Imperium. It's the Empire. Still 40K, the Empire. And the new the new Thrawn books. That's right. what I'm trying to say. And the first Thrawn the first new Thrawn book, man, that's gonna be annoying. The canon it, Thrawn book. Thank you, yeah. He wasn't to me he didn't seem it didn't seem like he was joining the Empire because he believed in its ideology he was joining the empire because he knew and they had the ability and the hardware and you know the military might to help him with this conflict in the in the unknown regions that he knew was coming so and it kind of seemed like he was like I'll go along with your empire thing because I got a good I can figure out how to work this because at some point this 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 military force, this this government, uh, is going to have to be the front line of this upcoming conflict of what he knows is in the unknown regions. And an interesting point on that. This, uh, if if we go back into kind of legends canon, this is not the first time that the Chiss Ascendancy has done such a thing. Mm-hmm. If you ever played the the MMO, I know you did because um, you named a ridiculous character after me yeah uh the the mmo um star wars the old republic uh the chiss are allied with the sith empire and uh timothy zahn actually helped write a story campaign around going into chiss space which is kind of interesting and it, it it has always kind of seemed that the chiss never join anything because of the ideals they always seem to join outside conflicts yeah, because of the they're benefit. normally pretty isolationist right and then yeah and their alliances are only there because they they serve to give the chist ascendancy an advantage right like at the at the end of uh, the thrawn novel he sends his like lieutenant or whatever out yep to the chist ascendancy eli vanto uh mm. i want i i i i liked that character a lot more than i thought i was going to <laughs> Um, in the book. He was just trying to get by. Yep. And he got by just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Any other Imperial characters stick out to you? Those are the the two, my two favorite ones. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of named characters that are out there. Sure. That don't get a lot of, 
less screen time or a lot of attention. Like, Veers really doesn't get all that much attention. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a one of my favorite Twitter accounts is at Veers Watch, where you just the guy just goes through all media that comes out of Star Wars <laughs> and lets us know if General Veers is in it or not. Shout out to Veers Watch. Yeah, great, great, great channel. Uh, great channel. Great Twitter. Great whatever. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> great Twitter. I can't speak words Storm, today. Storm Strudel. Storm Strudel. Well, luckily, with with the new movies we've gotten, we've gotten a couple more more prominent, more uh, story centered Imperials like Krennic. Ah, oh, Krennic. Cool, even though he's not technically military. I think he is he's civilian. He's a military director. Yeah. Like I. That's what, that's why. Uh, that's that's why what Tarkin, Tarkin calls him. Yeah, Tarkin's that. like, yeah, you can't, you can't be military. He's like, what? I built. I'm a, I'm someone to destroy this moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 inter- the the comics have kind of fleshed out some of those named characters yeah. too. Like, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's the grumpy. He's the grumpy admiral in the in in the original Star Wars who is like, hey, we 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 shouldn't put all our resources into this battle station. Uh, that, the guy that's arguing with the dude that, that Vader chokes out. Oh, yeah, no. Mahdi, 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 Mahdi. Uh, Mahdi gets fleshed out because he ends up like. And I'm not I'm not caught up on the Vader comic, but uh, he ends up like being put in charge of Vader after mm-hmm. after the the destruction of the first Death Star, and the Emperor's like, "Hey, yeah, you you done goofed, so your punishment is you have to listen to Mahdi." <laughs> the other like ones that do Imperial officers that do get get a little bit of recognition, like Tarkin in the movies. I don't really care for him. He's just kind of like in charge and pompous. Like he is. He is your like the stereotypical imperial, right? That's fine, uh, but it's kind of like bland. It's you know that's why Thrawn is cool because he's not your stereotypical. Veers doesn't mess up, so I guess that makes him good. Uh, <laughs> I like like I like Tarkin in the Clone Wars. I loved Yularen in the Clone Wars. Yularen's awesome. Yularen doesn't really do much in anything else no. because he's he makes an appearance on the Thrawn novel. Oh, does he? Yeah, I in the first one. Yeah, you I, you you ignored all of the I, the sections that didn't have Thrawn in them. I so. um yeah, I I listened <laughs> to it on audiobook when I had a job where I was traveling nonstop, so I really wasn't paying attention when I was Blends listening together. to it. Yeah, he Yularen like because he's he's a captain in the he's an admiral. He's an admiral. Yeah, that's right. He's an admiral in in the Clone, the Wars. Clone Wars, and then he, I think in canon he retires. After the new order is started, comes back to ISB mm-hmm. and gets a colonel position, colonel rank. Yeah, yeah. And technically, he's on screen. In, yeah. Uh, in a new, a hope. new hope. Yeah, he's in the boardroom. Yeah, he's he's the guy in the white uniform. And then the the other cool thing there is that they're they're theorizing that the the one empty chair in the uh, in the Death Star throne room is supposed to be Krennic's, mm. which makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Which I I, 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 like that. I really enjoy that. So, what about the big man himself, Uncle Pappy, Emperor uh, Palpatonio? So, as, as you know, I, what I love about Emperor Palpatine is that I can use him to annoy you as much as possible by calling him it's Uncle true. Pappy, by reminding you that before the Empire started, the world wa- or the galaxy was at a state of war. That he, he started? Eh, no, no, Darth Sidious started it. They're the same person. Uh, what? That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. A Sith? Lord, Lord? <laughs> uh. but uh, Uncle Pappy, like my favorite villains, are the villains that genuinely think that they're doing the right thing. 
Palpatine is not one of those villains. No, he is not. Palpatine knows exactly what he's doing. He he consolidates his own power by starting a war with himself. <laughs> we we really don't see I don't think we really see all that much about what the empire or what he has done to the galaxy. We only ever see really the outer rim and kind of the places that are out of the reach really of like a firm grasp of the empire. Mm. We see this in a lot of sci-fi like in Firefly the that whole show basically takes place on the outer rims like the 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 uh, outer rim equivalent. Yeah, I can't remember what they call it. There's like the central planets that seem to be like this wonderful utopia that from everyone on the outside's like no, that's it's a corporate run, you know, yeah. ma- mega corporation. Mm-hmm. And so what we see in Star Wars of the Empire is what they're doing to like the places that they can barely hold on to. Mm-hmm. It what I've always found interesting is that there's all those stormtroopers on Tatooine. Does that mean that they just dropped a ship down there, or do they have an alliance with the Huts? Because I feel like the Huts wouldn't tolerate an imperial presence there. They do have an alliance with the Huts, actually. Okay. Uh, it is it is it is uh, established in the Vader comic and the Star Wars main canon comic. Okay, essentially. Uh, the the empire is starved for resources, um, because of the Death Star project, essentially, and and trying to not only that, but just trying to maintain this gigantic fleet, and maintain the military and continue to grow it. They're they're starved for resources, and the rebels at this point are like poking a lot of holes mm-hmm. in their in in their production. That's that's been like their main targets. So um, Vader is sent to make a deal with Jabba the Hutt and the de- the quote unquote deal is you're going to give us supplies and we're going to pay you for them what we think is reasonable and that's what's going to happen <laughs> and Jabba tries to be Jabba about it but at the end of the day Vader gets his way so yes they actually do have an alliance with us yeah that, that always confused me like when Richard the Jedi rolled around like oh this is Hutt controlled space like well was were those elite troopers just down there, just hanging out around mm-hmm. on Dubex? So, I like Dubex. Me too. I I used to always like say their name like they were a Pokemon when I was a kid. I'd be like, old? "It's a Dubek, Dubek, back, back." Um, I can't. I don't know why that's relevant. It just felt like sharing. Um, so the fact that the Emperor himself is Darth Sidious and a Sith Lord, I think you you brought up a really good point. In that, with the central kind of the, the the core worlds being relatively safe and controlled, mm. um, and even though there's a lot of stuff that you know going on behind the scenes, it's not the face, and that's that's one of the reasons why the empire itself, like the emperor, is evil. The empire itself, the idea of the empire, is not all that far fetched, right? You know, especially when we put it in the context of the Clone Wars. And, like, Palpatine knows that, you know. He knows that he's set this up so that the Empire is sympathetic. So it's 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 one of the reasons why I think they've become popular. Uh, so the Empire are the bad guys, but, again, they're easier to get the, behind than most classic enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you think kind of attributes to that? 
I think within fandom, it's sometimes fun to root for the bad guy for funsies. Um, I don't understand. Like, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw in some of that Marvel humor in there. I love shouting Hell Hydra at people. You know what I, I think it is? is I'm just like anybody that has a German, like a World War II German aesthetic. I love Hydra. I love Cobra. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because when, when you're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it it's one of those things too, like the reason why we love whenever a new stormtrooper comes out mm-hmm. is they look cool, you know? And it, 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 that plays a big part as well. I mean, the 501st Legion wouldn't exist without the fact that they were cool enough that people wanted to dress up as stormtroopers and, and Imperials. Like, I love the Royal Guards. I think they're kind of a cool cool thing. And, uh, you know, all the stormtrooper armor and all well, the different I, ones. I think that because the a lot of the Imperial armor is, like, fully body-enclosing... Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier for anybody to get into it. Like, anybody could be a stormtrooper. Anybody could be a royal guard. Anybody could be an imperial pilot. Um, not everybody can be... Or can dress up like Han Solo. Or dress up like Luke. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. The, imper- uh, the the rebel forces, up until this point, have just been the mostly the named characters. Right. And then you have... The Rebel Fleet Troopers, who you see for a little bit at the beginning of A New Hope, mm-hmm. and then, I guess, the very tail end of Rogue One, just getting chopped up. And the... Got the Endor Forces. Yeah, the Endor Forces. I don't think anyone really dresses up as the Hoth soldiers, just because... I it's, think it's too it's hot. way too hot to wear winter clothing. <laughs> and and the, those uniforms are cool. Yeah. Like, all, all their uniforms are cool. I mean, I have a Scarif Rebel costume that I made... Solely because I already had one of the the steel pot helmets that they modified because I was going to do a he's lying secretly costume. Secretly, no. he likes the Empire. No, that or no, the rebels. That helmet I have had since I was ten. No, we um, uh, do we do we have pictures of your your scarf, scarf on the on the site? Uh, if not, we'll throw know. them up there. Yeah, I have a couple. Yeah, I was, and that's that was a super easy build. Like them in the the. Uh, the Rebel Fleet Troopers are a pretty simple build. That just like you have a weird helmet for both. Yeah. Of them. Well, and 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 uh, to your point, you know, like anybody can be in the Imperial Forces. I'm the most like light side cheering, good guy, like go good guys person. Mm-hmm. The first costume that I requisitioned from you was a Imperial officer uniform because you can. Fat bearded dude, he yep. can be an imperial <laughs> officer. You know, it's it's interesting point. Moving on from that, would you be interested in story scenarios where the empire is ultimately victorious in whatever they're sort of? I can only see that sort of thing happening in a novel or in a a show or something. It, I don't think it would ever be appropriate for a movie. We kind of got it in Rogue One. They were able to complete their mission and get the, the plans to, right. to the Rebellion. Right. I think the theme in the story of Star Wars, you can't have the bad guys ultimately win. Even if it's, like, at the end of Empire... There's an ant crawling on my microphone. Apologies. Um, at the end of Empire, the Boba Fett has Han. They've, they've wiped out the, the base, base on Hoth, but the, the Rebellion is still 
they're still going strong. Same thing with the end of Last Jedi. There's mm-hmm. what twenty of them left or whatever after the new uh, the First Order wipes out their base and ships, but they still have that hope. And I don't think you could do a movie that ends with there not being any hope because that that's not Star Wars. But you could do that in a show. That's a that's a season cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a season finale, and then the next story arc is how they bounce back from that. Or in a comic, they could do the same thing. I mean, they already have a comic. Darth Vader is a comic about a villain. Right. And him being successful in being a villain. Very iconic villain. So, yeah, I, I would love to see that. Though, again, I'd love to see it more in the show. Mm-hmm. Most most things in Star Wars I'd rather see in a long-form type thing. Yeah, for sure. So, you, you did mention uh, The Last Jedi. The Empire itself inspired a, a number of different organizations throughout both Legends and Canon. So... I want to get your opinion on the Imperial Remnant and the and the Fell Empire, but first, I know that the the new movies haven't really caught your attention. Haven't not not caught your attention, but haven't really affected you the same way right. that the the originals have. So, what do you think about the First Order as the Empire's successor, and why do you think it hasn't given you the same investment as the original Empire? It doesn't have to do with the organization itself. I haven't really latched onto it just because, as we've mentioned this entire episode, I am, I am a the Age of Rebellion, Empire fan. The First Order is kind of self-admittedly a, a ripoff. Not I don't want to say ripoff, but similar term. I'm not going to try to remember what it is because there's to be a lot of dead air, of of the Empire. I mean they use. They use triangle ships. They still use TIE fighters. They have stormtroopers. They build giant hurt balls that shoot lasers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they, the the First Order from from the canon sources that I remember is is made up of Imperial Remnant. Oh, he's started by Imperial Remnant forces, so that's, that's what they know. It's just I, I'm not as invested in the sequel trilogy. It's not that I don't like them. I, I very much enjoy them. It's just... The stories, the villains, they haven't really um, made as much of an impact as the other ones have. Do you but think that it might just be a thing of? I I don't think I was a huge Empire fanboy when I was a kid. Maybe as the story wraps up, um, we get more media. Maybe that will change when we find out a little bit more about the first order. Because the A New Hope or a New Hope, um, the Force Awakens. I forgot the name of it. The Force Awakens, like. We get a small glimpse of who the First Order are and what they're about. And The Last Jedi, which takes place over the course of like what, like eight hours or ten hours or something like that, we really don't get much more about what the First Order is because that's not what that movie was about. It was, about, it was more about Rey mm-hmm. and her training with Kylo. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do in 9 with the First Order. If, if the Republic is gone... And they are the only faction that remains. It'll be interesting to see how they are ruling the galaxy. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I haven't really been uh, I've been purposely disting distancing dis 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 distancing. That's not even a Storm word. Stormstroopering. Stormstroopering. I've I've been I've been stormstroodling away from the uh, hype culture. And the speculation stuff mm-hmm. that's been going on right now, but one thing that's kind of been permeating the whole thing right now is uh, this this rumor that when we open in episode nine, 
the first order is actually like doing a good job and it kind of goes back to that original empire theme where if you looked at the core worlds and how the empire was actually working and running wasn't a terrible thing well like i like to think of like how turn of the century countries were where america germany france england they're doing great within the country they were going outside the country to get resources the all the territories french indochina the whole like japanese and korea and china taking taking resources uh, germany and uh in africa and wherever else germany was i'm sure they had some stuff in the pacific and then the u.s had protectorates and territories all over the world that we are taking resources from and so that's how i kind of see it is when you're when you're living within the country you don't really see the problems that are going on outside it's um, a it's a very nuanced uh, uh look at the empire not mm-hmm. something that i i really would have because uh, yeah I'm, considered I'm, I'm sure like in Coruscant and Corellia, it's probably fine yeah um their their needs are probably met at the expense of the outer rim colonies that are you know because they're because of their stand, uh, their their outer rim status they're not as developed so the resources are you know more for the taking than like i doubt there's a lot of resource gathering on on Corellia or on Coruscant yeah, that's 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 a real interesting point. I, I I'm looking at things uh, in a new perspective now. Uh, after that particular thing, uh, how about the Imperial Remnant and uh, the its successor, the Fell Empire in Legends? So, I knew nothing about the Fell Empire until you loaned me the Legacy comics mm-hmm. or the yeah Legacy. That's oh, so weird because it's the Legends. It's a legend story called Legacy. Right. Whew. <laughs> Go Star Wars messed up 13 books for me or however many. Um, and I read those and I enjoyed them. And then we played a Star Wars RPG using the... It was the Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, it was game, the right? Wizards of the Coast the D20 Saga system. edition. Yep. That took place during that time. Yep, I ran and that And I think this is when I really became an Imperial fanboy. Playing the, uh, the Duros... Intelligent Imperial intelligence officers, Luke's Quasar Blast, whose backstory was his his father served on a on the flagship of what's what's Fell's oh, dad's his, name, his, his jagged not jagged Fell, yeah, Ronfell. No, uh, Ronfell was the Tie Fighter pilot. What, one of those, one of the Fells, yeah. And so, like he, I, I loved his dumb backstory. Is that even though he was a Duros serving on an Imperial ship. This particular fell, whoever it was, because I can't remember, neither, since neither of us can remember. Yeah. She always showed him respect, and so he always, like, respected him. And then, like, when the, the fell Imperium came, became a thing, like, his whole family was just, like, diehard loyalists and stuff like that. So for those who aren't aren't familiar with the fell Empire and, and what it is, uh, in, in the Legends canon, hundreds of years after the actions of the the movies and some of the legends canon stuff the imperial remnant uh the the jedi and the the new the new jedi order and the new republic had to put aside their differences and help defend against an extra galactic uh enemy known as the yuzan vong and once that entire conflict ended um three the three major ruling factions came out of the galaxy that kind of had this uneasy peace 
and it was the Jedi Order who broke away from the New Republic because they aren't going to play by your rules, man. Uh, the Galactic Alliance, which is what the New Republic was, and then they decided, no, we're going to do this differently and not just copy the Old Republic because it didn't work out so well for them. And the Fell Imperium, where uh, basically the, the tenets of the Empire, all the stuff we've been talking about today... Where, hey, the Empire kind of works in these specific spheres mm -hmm. uh, were consolidated and uh, a new Empire was formed under Imperial Remnant uh, Hero who essentially all the good ideas of Palpatine without all of the evil, <laughs> like an actual like honorable dude, and then um, passed down among, among the line where eventually there is a Force user in the, the time period we're talking about, well, a Force user on the, the throne. One of the things I really liked about the organization of the Fell Empire is that the the Fell Empire had their own Jedi order. Mm -hmm. They weren't called Jedis. The Imperial um, Knights. And their number one task was that if the Emperor fell, or the Emperor turned to the dark side. If the Emperor fell, win. fell? Yeah, exactly. If fell, fell, then their <laughs> job was to take him out with extreme prejudice. Yeah. And I thought that was, I thought that was a cool, like, kind of, like, balance of having the the imperial doctrine but also welcoming force users into that there it's it they're actually my favorite force organization outside of the jedi i i love them because they unlike the jedi who serve the force above all else they serve the empire above all else they put mm -hmm. the well-being of the empire above anything else and they do follow the light side like they're not sith or anything like mm -hmm. that but they they're not afraid of like uh, it they could be considered a quote-unquote gray right. yeah. uh well, organization which i hate that term and i i because it's got like eight thousand definitions that well, I, I think great, nobody can agree um, on yeah any uh any final wrap-up thoughts about uh the the empire what i love most about the empire is how easily i can use it to annoy you um, that, well, might, a, that might be my favorite thing about it. As we've discussed previously, you are a troll. It's true. I, <laughs> I learned this. I learned this after Last Jedi came out, and the more people hated it, the more I loved it. Um, <laughs> which is this terrible. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm looking forward to the new trilogies that have been announced with uh, Ryan and, um, and Favreau and the. Uh, Whatever the, um, the 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 Game of Thrones guys. Yeah, I, I can never pronounce their names right. Something kind of like Phil Miller. Yeah, yeah, Miller and Lord. Lord. Yeah, I always say Phil Miller. Yeah, um, this is it's not their name. So I'm excited to see what they do if they if they do anything in that time area. I mean, there's rumors of what Favreau is doing about Mandalore, which would be cool because Mandalore gets a lot of love. But who knows what he's doing? I like a get, show about Wookies would be cool, except it's probably all going to be in Sherry Wook, and I, right. I don't want to read subtitles. I've watched the Holiday Special. <laughs> they didn't have subtitles in they, the Holiday Special. That was one of the not. problems. <laughs> uh, listeners will know. I, I tend to like. I'll have an initial knee-jerk reaction to something, uh, and I think a lot of people in the in the in the in the fandom are like this. We'll have our initial knee-jerk reactions to whatever news or announcement comes out. And then once we have time to, like, digest it, we'll kind of come back and have a more nuanced opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is that, like, I can have those knee-jerk reactions and the nuanced opinions 
at the same time. Like, so well, we get a chance to talk about it when, and explore when it. When Solo was announced, you mentioned several times that you were like, the Yeah, and what absolutely. You want, you want an Obi-Wan film. Where I'm, I'm in, I'm in the boat of you for Solo. Where I was like, like I don't really need a solo film, mm-hmm. but if they're gonna do one, that's fine. I don't want an Obi Wan film because I, I don't like you. You see a story where I just see someone sitting in a desert, right? Well, and 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 to be perfectly fair to you on this one, I don't need an Obi Wan yeah. film either. Like I don't, I don't honestly, I don't think it's a good idea to make it. <laughs> I think it's a terrible idea. But it's still my favorite character, so I want it to happen. Okay. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, maybe if they... Uh, I wouldn't mind having, like, that explored. Like, I, um, in the in the main comic, we've kind of been getting some of those side stories with Obi-Wan. Uh, and I've been enjoying those kind of just, like, flashback sequences. Like, single-issue flashback sequences. And those are kind of cool. Uh, talking about, like, how he's watching over Luke mm-hmm. and sort of the stuff that he's been doing in the desert. Um uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like you know I I don't know how much money they'd ha- they'd have to take a dump truck uh, full of cash and back it into Ewan McGregor's garage, but uh, if they could get him for like some of the John Favreau like TV stuff, that'd be that'd be really, oh, that'd cool. Be really cool. I think that would be assuming that the Favreau thing has anything to do with Mandalorian. Right. This, this yeah. is just like the common rumor. Yeah. Um. But like ha- I think that a mini series type appearance couple episodes in a tv show would work better for that concept yeah, than a I, whole movie i think what um, would i i think that any of the star wars stories movies should be straight like a either small mini series or straight to netflix type things or straight to the streaming service type things right which get ready to pay for that i'm excited yeah um, um Yay. all right well uh, i think that wraps up our conversation about the empire uh i i thoroughly enjoyed it and uh you mentioned some stuff that has gotten me thinking about it in new directions so good job we did get a piece of mail john no way yeah is it from tim it's from tim no way that he probably is our most involved uh fan <laughs> uh you can be too be sure to send us your questions or comments to hoffpot at gmail.com, uh, which is what Tim did. Tim said, hello, what do you think will happen with the novels and comic books after the end of the Skywalker saga? Previously, the extra material filled in gaps of the films, other than Shadows of the Empire, which is not, which was not able to spark a film. Do you think the comics or novels will ever precede films as subject matter in the future as with Marvel material, or will they forever be used only for telling backstory or filling in the gaps of a film-oriented timeline? Cheers, Tim. So, what I think Tim is saying there... Will after we ever the, have an expanded universe type situation? Well, I think, what he, I think what he's asking is, the expanded universe that we're going to get is any of that going to influence on-screen media? Or is it just going to be used as filler as it was in the previous Extended Universe? I don't think a lot of it was used as filler for the trilogies. The Heir to the Empire, 
didn't, didn't set up anything in the next film. Um, right. Jedi I think search didn't. I think that's his point. Like the the it was just something that existed on the edges, kind of outside, and just filling in different time periods. Whereas, I think what he's asking is, do we think new stuff will will set that up? I think we need to wait for this the sequel trilogy to end, mm-hmm. and then there'll be a lot more freedom to do stuff. With like when they wiped out the EU, um, or they legendized it. Legendized. To me, they did that because they didn't want to. Well, the easiest way to say is they didn't want to walk on anyone else's feet when they're creating the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the real thing is they didn't want to pay anybody for existing stories when they use them. Sure. I feel like right now there's probably a a mandate that's out there saying don't do anything in this specific time era because we haven't figured out where it's going yet. Right. So I think until the sequel trilogy movies end. We're not going to really see anything that sets up its own story that will affect, like, it won't affect Episode Nine. Right. We're going to get filler stuff, like, Resistance takes place before A New Hope, or A New Hope. Why can't I remember Force you can't, Awakens? I don't know. I, I can't remember it. We don't really have anything in that, in that time period, and then that has a definite end period. Kind of like Rogue One... It's backed up against A New Hope. Rebels is backed up against Rogue One sort of thing. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, the expanded universe didn't really get running until many years after like, Return of the Jedi came out. When there was kind of like a dead period. And then and then we started getting new novels and new comics. And they started going back in time with like the Tales of the Jedi novels. Which has always been kind of an interesting thing with the uh, the older public stuff is that it's so far in the past that they kind of just like do whatever and it's like whatever th- a couple thousand years passed and everyone forgot about it. Right. Like what's going on with the Starforge? I missed that thing. Did it blow up? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they blew that up. <laughs> they done blowed it up and then parts of it were used to like they took like shrapnel from it and infused it into warriors. It, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that we're going to get as extensive of an EU sort of like situation until years after. And the, and the other thing that's weird about that is that because Disney owns it now and we're going to be getting all of these side projects, you know, we're, we're getting on screen media in the EU. So I don't feel like they would have a book or a comic or anything like that that they would turn into on-screen media at a later date just because if they wanted to tell a story on screen, now they can just tell a story on screen, you know, because they have the animation department, they have the live action, they have the the money to do it. Uh, I'm just reading, reading Tim's question again, and I, I, one last one last thing I want to interject. In yeah, there. please do that. Uh, specifically, do you think the comics or novels will ever precede films as subject matter? I don't. It, it's just because I, those extra, the, the comics, the shows and stuff, I think that they are specifically designed there to fill those gaps in, to add a little bit of extra story without being a integral part. Like, you can watch you can watch the original trilogy and be totally fine if you n- never watch Rebels or watch Rogue One um, or pick up any of the comics that took place during that time. Same thing with the prequels. You don't need to watch the Clone Wars series to understand what happens between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I don't think Disney 
or any anybody else who holds a, a license to any franchise would make a story that is as important as those movies that's its own standalone thing like tim you mentioned shadows of the empire and, you know they, they went all out on it they they had a soundtrack for a novel they had a video game for that novel and it didn't take off people weren't interested in a story that didn't involve those those main characters as much even though i think luke blows up a palace with a thermal detonator thermal detonators man this universe needs to figure out what the power of a thermal detonator is I, I I am I am fully convinced after watching everything that every explosive is just contained in that same style of housing and that they're all like kind of different because we've seen the thermal detonator casing used as thermal detonators. We've seen the thermal detonator casing used as just a hand grenade explosion. We've mm-hmm. seen half. We've seen them used as ion explosions. We've seen half of them used as like explosive charges. I I it's it's. Get hey 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 story group get 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 on that get get back to us. <laughs> so to to wrap that up, Tim, um, you know I I don't think any of those I I highly doubt any any of the extra material will ever be used to to supersede the 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 main films until we are so far away from those films if they if they cancel all the upcoming the Ryan Johnson the Favreau the. Uh, Game of Thrones guys can't pronounce their names. Can't pronounce them or uh, can't they, remember them. Can't you both? Um, <laughs> unless they cancel those things, I don't think we'll see any anything substantial. Thank yous, yeah, substantial coming out of those those books that aren't somehow tied to something that's happening in the movies. And it's not to say that there, there isn't anything like substantial that doesn't add to the already existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like i i feel like the the extended universe both canon and legends just add so much to my star wars experience but i i agree with you in that they wouldn't make a side story so important as to that it would affect the the main story arcs um which they yeah they kind of did in solo but they can get away with that because it's solo it's a side film yeah. you know and again like solo you don't need to watch that to understand the movies right or if you if you don't watch empire the core movies yeah it, 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 it you return of the jedi is not going to make sense if you don't watch phantom menace that might be a bad example if you don't watch <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, if you if as as we saw with our our experiment with our our friend Danielle, who we showed everything in episodic order, mm-hmm. like each trilogy is self contained. You can watch three and still get a good sense mm-hmm. of the story, and then you can watch the original trilogy, and you know, it doesn't matter which which ones you watch. You can get a sense a a, a beginning and an end, mm-hmm. even if they tie into each other, which listening to it in my brain doesn't make a a ton of sense but you know what i mean so tim uh if we've completely butchered your question feel free to uh tell us uh that we've done so and tell us uh how we've screwed it up if we haven't thank you for sending in if you would like to leave a comment or a question or 
a rant, rave, or any other form of communication, you can find us through email, hothpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us on the Twitters, at hothpod. I am also now on the Twitter on a separate account, at hothpodian, if you want to shout words directly at my brain holes. Uh, You can also find any of our opinion articles, John's costume walkthroughs, photos of any projects we're doing, and all of our episodes at hothtopicspodcast.com. John, I think that's about everything for today. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. We did it. Uh, Congratulations, ha- us. Hail the Empire. Yeah, hail Hydra. <laughs> hail Cobra. Uh, I've been Ian. I was hit by a bus last week. He was, and you should probably tell people you're fine, because we mentioned that in the Twitter account, and there was some concern. <laughs> I, I cleared it up. And I mentioned that my car had, um, I had recently enchanted, or I had masterworked my car with um, plus two DR bus armor. Oh, okay, good. Um, which, unfortunately, the bus, uh, it rolled a critical hit, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it just, it destroyed the armor, because it, because it, it exceeded the DR value. That's a jokey joke joke for our tabletop playing friends. That was John. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next time. Based on this story you're telling me, I don't think you're a fan of the Empire. I just think you're a fan of boxes. I'm, yeah, that's fair. I'm a fan <laughs> of Legos and boxes. Uh, quick side story. Oh, they probably still do these, but I used to go to these Lego building competitions at a local mall where you'd pay a fine, pay a fine, you'd pay a fee, and they'd just give you a box of random Legos, and then you build something, and then judges would come around and they'd give out prizes for who made the coolest whatever. I never saw these as a chance to build the coolest whatever. I saw these these uh, uh, as opportunities to get the coolest Lego bricks I could <laughs> and just stick them to things and because you got to take those Legos home. I discovered that if I made boxes and just filled them with loose parts that I could get home with even more stuff even though it was clearly against the rules. Cool, and Legos. I, yeah, well, Warhammer 40k, I made an army that used the equivalent of an APC, uh, the Rhino, which is also known just as metal boxes. Right. So, yeah. Big I'm fan of boxes. Of I'm a lot of revelation today. Yeah. Boxelation. Uh, we're we're un, we're unpacking a lot of things. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Um, but I think we should shelve this con this uh, this uh, for now. I know you're trying to do a pun with shelve, but I'm I'm not feeling it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's uh, a little you put other things on. Uh, 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 still not good. <laughs>